Welcome to State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. I'm Benjamin Kwan. Uh, my co-host today is Ross Fisher. Hey. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. Um, please make sure you subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get, wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, you can like us on Facebook at State of the Revolution. You can follow us on Twitter at SOTRPod. And if you like our show, you want to help us out, you can subscribe to us on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. So joining us today is uh, Hugh McNichol. He is an organizer with Rank My Vote, which is an organization that is trying to push uh, rank choice voting here in the state of Michigan. So thanks for being here, Hugh. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, so first things first, um, I guess just explain uh, for our listeners who might not be familiar, what is ranked choice voting? So ranked choice voting is a simple upgrade to our election, whereas instead of being forced to choose one person, you can rank the candidates in order of your preference. So uh, how, are, how, how are ballots counted then? So first we count everybody's first choice ballots. If somebody has over 50% of the vote, they win. If nobody has over 50% of the vote, they have what's called an instant runoff, where the lowest vote getter is eliminated, and we see who those those voters would have voted for had we had another election like a runoff, or um, and we have primaries in Lansing. But mm-hmm. yeah. would this uh, would this like eliminate the primary process then? It could, and in some places it does, but it doesn't have to. Okay. So especially in like um, party primaries, partisan primaries, um, those would still would still stay intact. The the Democratic Party, I think in five states so far, has already said that for the 2020 Democratic primary, they're going to use ranked choice voting. Really? Yes. Interesting. Do you know which states? Kansas was the latest. I believe Hawaii's on that list. Uh, Alaska, and there's one or two others so far. Maybe more coming. Okay. Oh, Iowa, too. Oh. Yeah. So that's a caucus, but... Right, right. Yeah. So they're going to use ranking in their caucus? Yeah, so the the tabulation is going to be a little bit different because they, uh, like, allocate uh, delegates in a partisan primary. Um, So anybody that doesn't get over 15% in the first round is is not going to get any delegates. Uh, But um, they'll run that tabulation until they have... um, until they have however many people with that threshold. Right. I think the DNC made it a general rule uh, for 2020 that in order to earn delegates in any state, you have to get at least 15% of the votes in that state. Um, so I'm curious, uh, what, do you, what do you think makes ranked choice voting superior to other forms of voting than just you know what we have right now? So... Um, there's a lot of reasons why it's superior to the one we have right now, but are you asking as far as superior to other alternative voting methods? Right, yeah. Okay. So the first thing that I'd refer to in any conversation like that is Arrow's theorem. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it no. basically says that there is no perfect voting system. So any any voting system can be picked apart. It's going to have flaws. Um, the reason why I'm such a big advocate for ranked choice voting is because, uh, one, it has less flaws than most of the other voting systems. And two, the the big one is is that it's legal, it's constitutional. Whereas, like, um, there's some kind of utopian voting systems that um, they sound good. They've never been practiced anywhere. They're not constitutional. So, 
ranked choice voting is. It's been used across the country, across the world. Um, it's it's gaining a lot of traction in the United States, and so. Yeah. Okay. Um, so one one popular talking point, or one talking point at least that I've that I've heard about ranked choice voting or like you know against it is that it supposedly runs counter to the principle of uh one one person one vote what would your response to that be so that that um, argument applies to a lot of those alternative voting methods too that we just talked about mm -hmm. but in 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 response to directly how that relates to ranked choice voting. That was the challenge uh, when it was used in Ann Arbor in the 70s. The loser said that um, it violated one person, one vote. So they went to court and the judge ruled that it did not violate one person, one vote. And that's um, in line with judges across the country and other states that um, have made very similar rulings when ranked choice voting has been challenged. Okay. Every time ranked choice voting goes in front of the judiciary branch, it's upheld. So, um, Another recent example of uh, the judiciary branch supporting ranked choice voting, even here in Michigan, is recently East Point. Uh, there was a Voting Rights Act uh, litigation where the city was being sued because something like 30 or 40 percent of the population is black, but they've never elected anybody black. So uh, instead, of, instead of wasting over a million dollars in litigation, they decided to settle. And as part of that settlement, they agreed to adopt ranked choice voting, which has been shown to increase um, uh, increase the number of minorities that get elected. So, uh, so I'm assuming that Rank My Vote is advocating for ranked choice voting for the across the state of Michigan. Um, what? How how has that process been going? How did you like first get involved with it? And you know where where are you guys at right now? So I learned about ranked choice voting in the 2015 uh, primary season, and um, after the 2016 election, I started to kind of formally organize um, other people that support this that I've found, and uh, more recently, um, it's kind of slowly built. Uh, but more recently, uh, we filed articles of incorporation to. Um, have an official organization. Uh, even more recently, we our website went live earlier this week. It's rankmyvote.com. Um, uh, so that's where we're at as an organization. We have a, um, we have, I shouldn't say we, um, some of us have participated in the drafting of a constitutional amendment that would bring ranked choice voting to Michigan uh, in all state races. Would you need to get, um do a petition drive to get that on the ballot for yes. would you as your goal to if if you if you went the route would you try to get it um for 2020 or would would it be would it be 2022 so i would love to have it in, on the 2020 ballot i don't think that that's very realistic on if the support was there i'm all on board mm -hmm. uh, but right now we're really just focusing on building capacity so that um we have a more realistic shot in something like 2022 yeah what is the... Um, and I should also add that yeah. uh, we have drafted a constitutional amendment, but this doesn't have to be a constitutional amendment. Okay. So a simple ballot initiative would be enough. The reason why the people that drafted the constitutional amendment were so adamant on, on it being a constitutional amendment is uh, there's been it's been shown in states where it's passed, specifically Maine, where uh, the people will pass it and legislators will tamper with it or try to get mm -hmm. rid of it, and the people will have to pass it again and again. So 
Yeah. Uh, Making sense. it a constitutional amendment makes it much harder to do that. Yeah, we know all about that here in Michigan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, you, can't, uh, you can't just they love do that to, here. Yeah. They love to fuck with publicly approved legislation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not a fan of the pesky public, you know, trying to <laughs> get their way. Um, yeah, what's the um, makeup of your organization like? How would you describe, like, is there, you know... Uh, political ideology at all or is it pretty not you know nonpartisan across the board it's multi-partisan yeah, yeah. we have uh, people on the left people on the right people in the center uh people from all four parties all four of the main parties um independents like myself um so yeah we we're a very diverse group and that's one of the other reasons why i really like um advocating for this this reform is because it has such a wide um breadth of support mm -hmm. across party lines. I think that's why uh, Prop 2 got so much support last year is because, you know, gerrymandering is a, a nonpartisan issue. You know, you got you got legislatures doing it in every part of the country, some much worse than others. And so I think people both on the left and the right and the center, they understood uh, that this would be good for everyone, you know. Um, can you uh, speak to the concerns that some people might have that some people have that uh, ranked voting might be difficult to explain to the general voting population? So I hear people say that usually the people that say that are politicians. And to me, that is um, really offensive <laughs> to think yeah. that people can't decide between a favorite choice and a second favorite. Right. Um, my kid. If we go to a donut store and he asks for a certain kind and we don't have it, he doesn't just throw a fit. He asks for a second choice and we, we get his next highest preference. We, we as adults do that every day and decisions we make on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's very insulting, I would say. Yeah, I would agree. Has, uh, have you seen any polling or surveys that uh, show how popular ranked voting is? So I've seen um, polling from across the country, but I haven't seen polling here in Michigan. And that's one of the things that we're trying to raise funds for is to get polling in Michigan. Okay. Yeah, we'd like to have polling in the Lansing area and uh, statewide. And we're already organizing to, to get exit polling for East Point since they will be using it this November. Uh, so we can at least get feedback from people that have actually used it in our state. Okay, yeah. Um, have you heard about, you know, how popular it's been in other parts of the country. Yeah. So it enjoys majority support. Um, Santa Fe has really good exit poll numbers. Uh, the people that felt satisfied with their vote after uh, leaving leaving the poll was over 90%. Our people wow. that felt their vote uh, counted after the election was 90%. Uh, like 65% uh, of voters ranked all five candidates in their mayoral election. Uh, so... They, they have they had really good results there and, and that's just mirrored across the country too where like Minneapolis the same thing um, Maine same thing so okay well you know speaking of speaking of which you know ranked voting has been adopted in other areas of the country like San Francisco Minneapolis uh, the entire state of Maine uh, can you tell us about what these other campaigns have looked like so the place that's been using it the longest is Cambridge, Massachusetts. They adopted it in 1940. They've been using it in every election since since then. Um, uh, you mentioned San Francisco. Theirs was passed uh, due to ballot initiative. I believe people um, petitioned to get it put on the ballot. There's been other places where it's been um, 
they'll have a charter commission that reviews the city charter and they'll make a recommendation similar to what just happened in New York City yesterday. Uh, for those that don't know, New York City has a charter commission and their charter commission just voted yesterday to put ranked choice voting on the ballot for voters in New York City to decide. So it's like 10 million people that live there that will now be empowered and rank, can rank their choices. Very cool. Yeah. So is that going to be in the, so this next election they'll be able to do, use ranked choice then? Well, they won't be able to use it next election. Okay. They'll have to decide whether they want to oh, adopt okay. it. Oh, I see. Okay. And one of the bonuses of adopting it is estimates would say that um, they could save between $10 million and $13 million by getting rid of their unnecessary primary. Once, once you know the voters' preference, there's no point in wasting everybody's time and money to come back and vote again. So um, for single mothers or single parents, that means having to find childcare multiple times. For people that work, that mean, might mean trying to get off work multiple times. For senior citizens, that's trying to arrange transportation multiple times. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, and, and it seems like to me that that could also boost turnout, too, if you have yep. one election as opposed to, to, I mean, more people are having a say in the ultimate decision as opposed to, like, you know, primaries have such low turnout, uh, you know, typically, and then and then oftentimes that's, in a lot of areas, who who, who wins is, you know, whoever wins the primary, um, if it's a, you know, solidly red or solidly blue area. Yep, and there's good examples of how it increases voter turnout in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, when they first adopted uh, ranked choice voting, they had local uh, in their primaries, it was only like 10%. Their general elections, though, was like 15%. And that's steadily increased since 2006 when they adopted it, all the way up to 42.45% in their most recent elections. So, and it, it's been a steady climb, too. So it's not like a spike and a dip, a spike and a dip. It just climbs steadily. And uh, the same thing, Santa Fe, when they adopted it, they experienced record voter turnout as well. Um, more people showed up to that to vote than the prior the prior record was they had a sugar tax on the ballot more people showed up for the ranked choice election than the sugar tax or in any other election wow so and there's other cities that also had same thing so it empowers voters yeah and another thing if if you have more candidates on the ballot you're more likely to have higher participation like we've seen in our local election in Lansing last year mm -hmm. record number of candidates record voter turnout so ranked choice voting encourages more candidates to run or as our current system discourages candidates to run. Right. Well, I, I was going to ask, have, uh, has it been shown that ranked choice voting increases the number of candidates on the ballot on average? Yes, there are definitely examples of that. Uh, so th there was a uh, mayoral race. I can't recall off the top of my head where it was, but there was like 30-some candidates running, which cool. is kind of extreme. Yeah. But um, none of them could be... Um, uh, it's told, like the 2016 Republican out. primary. <laughs> yeah, it's like the 2020 yeah. Democratic primary. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. There, there are more Democrats running this time around than there were Republicans, weren't there? I think so. I think, uh, yeah. I think. I think that's true. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, were you gonna say something? Oh. Um. Yeah. I was actually going. Yeah. Going off that. Um. One thing I I read about ranked choice is that. Um, possible benefit is that it can reduce negative campaigning because um, politicians are going to be less likely to attack um, their opponents that other voters might rank um, ahead of them. They want to maybe come in, they might know that, you know, they might come in second or third um, and could still ultimately, you know, 
win. Um, so they're not gonna, they're less likely to go negative on, on their opponents. Is that something that, you know, that you find? Yeah, and there's on, anecdotes yeah. for that yeah. too, a lot of examples of that. And uh, one of the examples that just comes to mind is there was a councilman in Minneapolis. He had a discussion about how he likes ranked choice voting. And uh, one of the things that he said he liked about it was that if he's, when he's going door to door and he sees a competitor sign in the yard, under the traditional system, you would just go to the next house. But under ranked choice, you go up to that person's house and you tell them, oh, I see you're voting for this person. These are the things that we have in common. Let me be your second choice. So it yeah. totally changes the dynamic of campaigns, campaigning too. So like supporters of different candidates don't have to have that tension or that, you know, how that goes. Yeah. I feel like I think a lot of people would really love to be able to use that in the 2020 primary this year and yeah. next year. Because... I mean, I know I already know who my number one is, and I have a distant second. Um, but I feel like a lot of people are having a hard time making up their minds on who they want to vote for. Um, they they feel like they see lots and lots of really good options. Well, there's a lot of really good options, but for some people, they just see it as two two candidates, two real choices. Right. So, and that's kind of the system that we have. If we had ranked choice, then we could truly explore all these candidates mm -hmm. and give them all a fair shake. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, in my, in my head, like, I'm, you know, oftentimes feel like I'm ranking the candidates, you know, like, what were my top, like, three, you uh -huh. know, four. And it's like, well, why can't I just go and you do know, it on your ballot? Express that. Ballot, right? yeah. 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 Yeah, I think a lot of people would like to do that. Yeah, one of the, um, well, one of the things that appeals to me about ranked choice is that, it could it could potentially sort of weaken the grip that the two party system you know has on our democracy. Don't say that uh, too loud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're listening. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's something that you know I I would love to see more third party representation, especially at lo local level. I think. Um, or opportunities for smaller parties, you know, even ones that don't exist currently to form, you know, and have and be successful. Um, and I know uh, I was reading about Australia, and they've used, you know, instant runoff for a while. Um, but they they yeah, have but, super high turnout over there. Yeah, it's, I think it's they have mandatory, yeah, mandatory voting, voting too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, they said that ultimately the two two party representation is still similar to you know, countries that are using plurality methods. Um, so, yeah, I guess I was just, you know, wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you think that 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 could be different in the U.S. and how that could change, yeah. Well, I would, I would use Australia as an example if the major parties are afraid that this is going to loosen their grip on the system, that um, Australia still has two main parties. They just have some other smaller parties that have voices at the table. I've heard other some people talk about wanting to to go to proportional representation i know that goes even that's a little bit of a different route than you know um than ranked choice takes is that constant would that be constitutional under our system or or is that is that not i'm not not sure whether um proportional re representation would require a change to our constitutional amendment i would imagine that it would I can tell you that uh, proportional representation was used back in Kalamazoo in the early uh, 1900s with ranked choice voting. Mm -hmm. And um, it was ruled unconstitutional not because of the ranked choice voting, but because of the proportional representation. Okay. Which is kind of weird because we have multi-winner seats that are in 
kind of a form of proportional representation. Voters don't rank the candidates, but they can vote for multiples. Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of like a widely accepted norm across cities. Um, East Point, the lawsuit centered around their at-large. They basically said that at-large races um, are unfair for minorities because it's a kind of a winner-take-all system, even though it's top two winning in this situation. And um, if that's if that's the case, we have that all over the state and really all over the country. But on the on the flip side, I would say that a similar argument could be made for districts. Like we have both in Lansing, we have four districts and four at large. Um, districts can be gerrymandered. So you can get the results that you want from that. Lansing's got pretty square districts, which they look fair. So Yeah, that's a good point. I've That's something I've talked about with people in Lansing is, yeah, sort of the potentially doing a campaign to get rid of the at-large positions because I, because of how much, yeah, I mean, in terms of campaign finance, they require a lot more money to, to run, you know, to, uh, to run those campaigns. We've, we've got, I think, half of the council members live in the same ward so there's a lot of areas of the city <laughs> I think that I've, don't get I've heard that like like half of the council members live within like a square mile of each <laughs> other <laughs> yeah yeah i think so yeah yeah it's not it's like, like fair this, representation you know, to, the, to the bougie ass like like one of like the you know yeah, oh, wealthiest yeah. areas of the whole fucking mm -hmm, city mm -hmm. yeah uh, including true. the mayor of course yeah have you um have you been able to find support from any kind of public official in Michigan or, you know, uh, the Lansing area even? Yeah, Chris Wolf says he supports it in Lansing, the city oh, clerk. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, he said that ranked choice voting would save our city $80,000 each election cycle, which I personally think is a low ball, but $80,000 is still um, a significant number, even sure. if he's going to have as a low ball. Yeah, so, especially for, I mean, for a local clerk's office, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. and especially since, like, they just went through this, all that drama over like a hundred thousand dollar position uh-huh so like maybe that could have prevented another fight who knows but yeah and there's other there's others um curtis hertel says he supports it we'll see if any le legislation gets introduced mm -hmm. um there's been others that i would throw them in the same category where they say they support it still waiting have you seen anyone from the republican side yeah, yeah. Uh, Tommy Brand uh, said it said it was a good idea uh, back in the old um, legislature. Uh, Martin Howerlick uh, was a supporter. Um, sounded interested in co-sponsoring legislation. Didn't happen. <laughs> um, so um, he he made a mention about the powers that be. Um, I'm not sure what that really means, but uh, the powers that be. Yeah. I would assume they're donors. I, I I was getting more of an indication that it was party bosses, okay. but potentially donors. Yeah, it seems to me like the best for us probably just to take it to the people directly. It seems like the politicians are gonna would drag their feet forever on this. You know, even if you really pressure, you know, even if you put a lot of pressure on them, it seems like. Um, but it'd be good to have some, you know, publicly supporting it too. You know, to help out a citizen-led, you know, movement. Um, I was I was thinking about the recent success of or it's not politicians and their petition drive which was amazing how much grassroots support they had they had do you think that you know, rank my vote could potentially tap into a lot of the same type you know type of people who want to do democracy reform well i was a, one of the voters not politicians volunteers yeah. and so yeah, same, so yeah. um 
there's, yes, there are people that have worked on both. Uh, we've got people in our group that have worked on Proposition 1, 2, and 3. So mm. um, we have quite a mix. Um, to go what you were talking about with uh, whether this needs to come from the people or whether it can come from the legislature, mm -hmm. um, ranked choice voting has never came from the legislature. Mm. Um, same with gerrymandering reform. That doesn't come from the legislature. That comes from the people. So um, Massachusetts might be the first exception to that. They have... Um, done a lot of groundwork and have gained support from over 100 state legislatures that are co-sponsoring legislation to bring ranked choice voting to Massachusetts. Uh, I don't think we're going to try that route here in Michigan. I think we're mm -hmm. going to go ballot initiative route. Yeah, I mean, it seems like any, any kind of reform that's going to significantly affect the way that elections and campaigns are done, sitting, lawmaker, sitting lawmakers are not inclined to go for it at all. Yeah. In fact, I... You know, I I was I'm, it reminds me of like um, I think when they were trying to pass uh, uh, redistricting reform in California, uh, a lot of people said that part of the reason why it passed is because both the Republican and Democratic parties in California came out against it, and everyone everyone saw oh they both hate it, let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's usually a good sign. Right, yeah, yeah. we'll have a little of that here too. So. Now, I think um, maybe Ross can speak to this a little bit more. I think the, uh, the, the state legislature here in Michigan last year during the lame duck session passed a bill that, would, uh, that, would, that restricts the requirements to uh, get something on the ballot. Right. Yeah, I believe now it's a, you can only have a certain percentage from every county across the state, which yeah, makes 15 it... percent per congressional district. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's where congressional district, yeah. So I heard that it changed from county to congressional district. Is that, yes. is that the case? Well, there was, no, there was no threshold for the county. You just had to have your signature sorted by county, but now they have to be sorted by congressional district. I see. Yeah, just another so, hurdle. And that, that really creates a problem for all ballot initiatives across the board in right. that you don't really know how to collect signatures right now. This is something that we put a lot of talk into. Right. So I, we I was going to ask, how is this going to affect your yeah. attempts to get you know a, a constitutional so this amendment? Is one of the reasons why we haven't started collecting signatures is uh -huh. because we... Uh, we've talked about if we start collecting signatures right now under these rules and these rules get thrown out and we're back to our old rules, do all of our signatures disappear? And then what? Right. So mm -hmm. let's find out. They're still litigating that, what, whether that was constitutional or not. Yeah. Once, well, once that gets that, resolved, uh, then we'll know. Dana Nessel issued an opinion ruling it unconstitutional. Now the Michigan Republicans are suing, suing over that. Yeah. So it'll work its way through the courts. What do you think is going to be the main... Or who do you think will be the main opposition against um, the proposal? Do you think there's going to be a coordinated effort, um, sort of? I mean, there was definitely, you know, um, definitely like the Chamber of Commerce and some other groups that came out against, you know, Proposal 2 last time. Do you think those same groups would, would get involved in this or stay out of it? So the Chamber of Commerce had said some very positive things about ranked choice recently in Michigan. That, that uh, Mackinac conference that they hosted. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they they hosted two keynote speakers or two speakers that um, really just 
talked positive things about ranked choice voting to all the legislators there. As far as I understood, I wasn't there. Um, but from what I hear, that was the Mackinac Policy Conference. Yeah. Oh yeah, we talked a bunch of shit about them last week on, uh, <laughs> on last week's episode. <laughs> Apparently, there was somebody there that they, they flew in to talk about ranked choice voting and the benefits of it. So I didn't. I, I haven't heard it. Uh, hopefully, if there's a recording, let me know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might. You know, I think it's a good chance it might. It might be a similar situation to what happened in California, where the main opposition is actually coming from the political parties mm -hmm. that, that don't want it, as opposed to outside interest groups who, um, yeah, who were existed, you know, a bit in the proposal two fight. But yeah, I can't. I, I can see both Republicans and Democrats not wanting a, a disruption to their, to their, um, their process. Right. Well, I mean, anything yeah. that's going to loosen the grip of the duopoly. I yeah. can't imagine they'd be in favor yeah, no, of. No, I even heard, um, I remember, I think it was a year or two ago, I was talking to somebody who works for the House Democrats, and they said they didn't like ranked choice just because it would make their job their their job harder. Yeah. They admitted that that was the main thing. <laughs> they liked the idea in principle, but it was, it was just going to, you know... Uh, the, they like the winner take all, uh, right. you know, or, or the, the, the what I should say. They like just the traditional way, just because it was you know easier for them. And right. that's where it's similar to gerrymandering. Is like both parties talk crap about it, but both parties do it. Mm -hmm. So like, <laughs> you're okay with it. Like in states where Democrats are doing the gerrymandering, Democrats are okay with gerrymandering. But yep. in states where Republicans are doing it, they have a big problem with it, and it's vice versa. Same thing for Republicans. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and that's I think that's similar with ranked choice too. I think we're going to have a similar dynamic there. Whoever's benefiting from the current system is going to want to keep that. And there are there are politicians on both sides that are benefiting, even here in Michigan. So, we're probably going to have opposition from both sides. Elected people is, yeah, actually more specifically the parties, like the the party people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you said. What is uh so. You, you so you wanna you wanna get this on the ballot right for a constitutional amendment. In the meantime, uh, are are there any like municipalities that you're targeting? Yeah, so that's the big focus for 2019 is the municipal level. So I mentioned that East Point would be um, using ranked choice voting as ordered by the Department of Justice in their settlement. Um, Ferndale, Michigan passed ranked choice voting back in 2004, and they've waited over well 15 years now and. Uh, there was talks about them possibly being able to implement in 2019, but their county clerk um, has not been helpful at all. And that kind of is like a little bit of a trend, too, with ranked choice where it gets passed. Sometimes the county clerk um, isn't always familiar or cooperative, and um, that's been their problem, apparently. Um, the with with this East Point thing, that kind of changes the whole game for everybody, really, because uh, one of the oppositions that people had with Ferndale is that um, sh first the, the opposition was that they didn't have machines that were capable of tabulating ranked ballots. Well, as of 2018, now our entire state has machines that are capable of tabulating ranked ballots after the 2016 election. We got new ones. So then the objection became, well... Sure, these machines can tabulate ranked ballots, and sure, they've done it in elections throughout the country, but, and sure, they're certified federally to do this, but they need to be certified at the state level, too. That's what some people say. So, Ferndale has this extra hurdle, and they're not getting support from the county clerk, that elected official, either. So, this ruling from the Department of Justice says, this city in Michigan has to use ranked choice voting, make it happen. 
the county clerk is going to have to follow suit. The secretary of state is going to have to allow it. So if there's certification that needs to be done to the machines, they have to certify the machines. So what that means is they have, our state has three different machine vendors. We have ES&S is what they use in East Point. They have Hart InterCivic, which is what they have in Ferndale. And us in Lansing have Dominion, which is considered like the most ranked choice voting compatible equipment there is. We have that. So East Point has a few options. They can either one, hand count their ballots, which sounds like city council members support, and that's fine. They could probably still have results same night even, because there's only like 3,000 people that are voting. It's like a um, 24,000 registered voters and they have very low turnout, which will probably increase under ranked choice, but we'll see. Um, so that's one option. Another option is that they can use what's called a universal RCV tabulator. It's something that was developed by election administrators from all across the country that have used ranked choice, that have experience with ranked choice in various states. And what that does is that takes the export file from a voting machine and puts it into a spreadsheet so that the tabulation can be performed across multiple, even with different vendors. Um, numbers can be combined and, and they can be a ranked choice voting tabulation. Um, so that's a second option. A third option is for them to lease um, the most RCV capable equipment, which would be Dominion, like what we have here in Lansing, and certify that. Mm. So if they do that, then Lansing's equipment will now be state certified for ranked choice voting as in addition to it, the federal certification that it already has. So those are the routes um, that are kind of forcing the state's hand from the Department of Justice right now that are kind of really opening up the door for us locally. So do you see the, yeah, so it sounds like at the, at the local level, clerks could be an impediment to this you know, and I've, you know, worked on campaigns and worked with clerks who just are sometimes really difficult to deal with and do, do not do not know what they're doing half the time. Uh, <laughs> so that's one thing that, yeah, concerns me is, is some of these some of these clerks either not not implementing it or implementing it badly and then it could, you know, there could be some blowback from that and people would say, oh, it's not working, but it's, and it's probably and a lot of times it's the clerk's fault. And there's, but, you know, like in, in Lansing, I think we're lucky because Chris Swope is, a, you know, really does a really great job. But mm -hmm. not only does he like ranked choice voting, but he's actually like very, pretty competent. Yeah, he's very capable, and I think, of cares, like implementing cares about it. his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is not the case for a lot of these people. Again. And I'd add that Ferndale has a good city clerk, too. Uh -huh. It's the county clerk that's been the problem. Okay. Um, and yeah, but go ahead. I just didn't want. People to think that friend sure, yeah, city no, clerk yeah, was no, glad you sleeping on the job. It's not her. It's not yeah, her fault. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> She's fully capable. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess yeah. Do you see that being? Do you see the implementation of it being challenging for for clerks, or do you think that they'll be able to handle it? So clerks that have implemented this across the country, like um, in places like I, I mentioned. Um, have talked about it not being as hard as they thought it was going to be. So they, um, a lot of clerks have big fears that that's something new that they haven't done before. Um, but especially nowadays, like the um, election equipment, um, they're capable of this. They have um, buttons that it's basically just like uh, tabulating a regular election. Mm -hmm. The difference is the um, voter education and, and allowing voters to know that they can actually rank their choices, express their complete preferences now. What role would the Secretary of State's office have in 
in implementing this if it, if it was passed in, in our constitution. So the state secretary of state oversees is the ultimate overseer of elections in our state. Um, county clerks report to them uh, or report to her. Uh, I believe she's involved with the certification process with the machines um, to certify them for ranked choice voting elections here in Michigan. Somebody's going to have to do that. I'm not sure if the Secretary of State's involved. If if that's her role, I would say that that's her biggest role right now. Is there any um, any action at the federal level right now to implement this na nationally? Um, so there was legislation introduced last session called the Fair Representation Act mm -hmm. that did a few things. Um, one, it, it um, implemented ranked choice voting for all federal races, all congressional races. Um, it didn't go anywhere. Um, it also had uh, independent redistricts included in that package, um, and proportional representation was the, the third thing. Um, this time I've heard that they wanted to get a standalone bill with just ranked choice voting for federal races. Um, they say that that's coming, but um, not sure when exactly that's going to be introduced. Either you guys know um, if or how many uh, presidential candidates have uh, ranked choice voting as a part of their platform? I think there are at least a couple. Yeah, there's a few that I know of. Yeah, I'm not sure personally. Uh, um, so um, on the Republican side, Bill Weld has been a longtime supporter of ranked choice voting. Oh, okay. Um, whoever the is he third... like the, the one guy that has announced that he's going to run against Trump in the primary next year? Did Amash announce yet? I, I heard that he was thinking about it. Okay. If he hasn't announced yet, maybe. There might be another one, though. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's really popular among third parties, so whoever the Libertarian and Green Party nominees are are going to support it sure. on the Democratic side. Um, I know Andrew Yang supports it. Elizabeth Warren has said uh, good things about it. Uh, Bernie Sanders has supported it as far back as 2003. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like there's a couple others. Somebody told me that Beto said something good about it, but I haven't heard it. Mm. Um, Seth Moulton, uh, all, everybody from Massachusetts, because really they did a really good um, outreach campaign to, to politicians. Um, so that's Elizabeth Warren, Moulton, and Weld. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like there's a, at least one or two more uh, Democrats. Do you know if uh, Gabbard's into it or not? She says she's she says she's learning about it. Okay. Gravel. Sure. Gravel, Gravel yeah. supports it. Yeah. I love the Gravelanche, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's my number one. I would have, no. Hey man, yeah, if we could not. if we could rank candidates. Number one all the way. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap things up. Um Hugh, thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thanks your time. for talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find more information uh, about Rank My Vote and Rank Choice Voting at rankmyvote.com. That's rankmivote.com. Um, also, thanks, uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Uh, once again, please make sure you subscribe to our show. You can find us on Facebook at State of the Revolution. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, SOTRpod. And uh, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. I'm Benjamin Clone. I'm Ross Fisher. And we'll see you guys soon.